All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. the Chris and Andre show. This is episode 11. Um, we episode are... 11. It wasn't until much later that they'd both realize it's only episode 10. Yeah, we are both homebound, but definitely committed to... Well, now we get to... I don't know. We don't have any, any travel issues. No, <laughs> no. All travel is officially suspended, uh, at least on my behalf. Uh, I was originally supposed to go. Well, I was trying to go up to the Midwest this week, but with everything that's been going on, uh, just decided that it was better to stay home and do things over video conferencing as opposed to having to go talk to people in person. Coronavirus update. I mean, if everyone hoards, there will be nothing left to go around. And he who does hoard will have unreasonable power. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. I, I know my daughter's home for the next two weeks. Uh, for now, it's part of it's going to be her spring break, which she's not very happy about. Um, and it just kind of tells me that we are probably very underprepared for this. Um, and the, the entire, since January, we've not, Wake County especially has not been coming up with contingency plans if this got bad. So yeah, shuffling, the, I think shuffling around spring break for the kids is probably just shows that very blatantly that they missed the mark. Well, yeah, I mean, the alternative would be to try and find makeup days or to tack it on to the end of the year, which then impacts a lot of other things. So to some to some extent, I can understand them kind of rolling it in, but it is unfortunate for, you know, the kids that they kind of lose out on that, you know, that experience of having spring break, you know, like, a, but I mean... What but what is an alternative? Was she going to go to like, you know, Myrtle Beach or something like that with her friends? Were you going to no, let her do that? No, that's not happening. <laughs> I mean, my point being is like, why not, why not take advantage of the technology, you know? So maybe they, they lost a day or two and ramped up on getting the technology in place to do the online classes. But taking a week to do that when they've had a lot of time to repair is just missing. I'm not, well, I am being critical, but yeah. it just misses the mark. I mean, you know, honestly, I was, you know, I, I think I had posted something on Twitter that saying, you know, that I applauded Wake County's decision originally to stay open. I realized that they didn't have any choice in the end because Governor Cooper, you know, decided that or made the statement that they weren't, you know, they were going to close schools and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, I thought that it was a better idea to leave the schools open if we could, just because I feel like, you know, the kids being home now impacts a lot of parents, you know, because the, the daycares yeah. and stuff are closing as well. So it's not like there's, you know, anything that you can do there. And so, especially if you think about like medical professionals and those people who need to be, you know, or want to be, you know, it working uh, to try and help 
what's going on right now, but they're, you know, now having to figure out, well, how do I take care of my kid? And hopefully they have a spouse or somebody else that can, that can help. But what you also don't want, right, is (laughs) then getting like grandparents and those people involved, uh, because who knows, you know, then you're bringing into contact with potential carriers because while children haven't been, you know, like labeled as a, you know, huge, target of it i think it has been shown that they can be carriers if nothing else right. so yeah that's why i've got um, mine in a hermetically sealed bubble uh just <laughs> keeping her away from everybody for the yeah we future. we watched a uh, uh tetchy was showing me a, a video of bill gates talking about the next you know existential crisis being a, a virus yeah and it's like wow if you if you take what President Obama had put in place with the CDC, you take the the speech from Bill Gates, who unfortunately was right, you know, any preparedness that we would have had, we kind of, you know, we don't have it right now. And hopefully in the future we can look at, you know, the, it's a lot easier to prevent things or to be prepared for them as to kind of scramble and, and look for the best shot. So yeah, uh, hopefully we do take some time to, to figure, you know, I hate the word postmortem, but do a postmortem and figure out what our future steps are. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a lot that could have been done to not prevent, but dramatically reduce, you know, the impact that this has had. Like you said, you know, being more prepared, getting ahead with technology. I mean, and, um, Helena's school has done, I think, a pretty solid job so far. Um, you know, cause they use a number of different learning apps and websites and stuff like that. And her teacher just sent out like three different lessons and activities that they can do today. And obviously all centered around St. Patrick's day, by the way, happy St. Patrick's day, everybody. Um, <laughs> I think I've got some green on somewhere. Maybe not. Uh, uh socks, socks have a, at least a shade of green on them. Um, <laughs> So it's like I get all caught up in what's going on, you know, with with all this other stuff. I completely forgot it was St. Patrick's Day until <laughs> I realized that it was like rainbows and leprechauns were the theme of her her homework. But, um, you know, and then on top of that, I think, you know, like we've just done some things to print out worksheets and, um, you know, like Scholastic uh, made available a bunch of online lessons and um, so I, you know, I think as uh, fortunately as a parent that works from home and has the opportunity to basically do my job remotely, like I'm able to use some of those resources to entertain her, uh, and to keep her kind of focused on continuing her education. And unfortunately right. she's like, she's really into that stuff. So, um, especially the math. Yeah, I was, uh, I was d- disappointed that, um, that there's still students that, their only meal comes from schools. Uh, yeah, that, that was my other big concern with the schools closing. I don't. Uh, yeah, I struggle with that actually being a thing. Um, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't have any words for it. I, I'm in. I'm in shock that this is actually happening. Yeah. Uh, I. But I do hope that once we get to the end of the tunnel, that we're able to look at. You know, how do we prepare for? you know, at least, well, you can't prepare for the, you know, unplanned, but at least have some steps in place if everything hits the fan at one time. And I, I, that's my one hope that we can figure part of that out. So, you know, like, does that mean 
stockpiling paper products before the pandemic hits? Like, I mean, no, I, I need I, TP for my bunghole. So can you, can I you spare a roll, friend? <laughs> I mean, I, I've got like, we have like a minimum or the normal amount. Yeah. You know, I, I don't understand. So how are people wiping their butt before the pandemic? Well, and, and it's, I mean, they will buy literally anything. That's the thing. Like everything in the bread aisle is gone. Everything, all the cheese was gone at Harris Teeter. Every single produce item was gone and i'm like you should move the apex because we had a lot of produce but we ran out of, there was no meat i was like all right it's a great time to be plant-based right oh now. i was gonna say i mean that was one of the the funny things was i was like you know as i'm going through the fresh produce aisle and i'm like they're all out of like vegetables and fruit and i'm like oh but look there's plenty of tofu and you know like all these other veggie things over here and then i go back to the dairy aisle and there's nothing Except tons of oat milk, and I'm like, ha, 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 sucks to be you guys. Like sitting there grabbing some cream cheese. Like I got pretty much everything. It wasn't, yeah. I wasn't struggling too bad. I mean, really, it was like, and I don't. I again, I don't need toilet paper. I don't need paper towels right now. Like, I would probably be getting ready to go buy some, and so I right. keep looking just to see if they have any when I go. And I'm just always like, you guys are literally buying anything. Like, yeah. what are you doing with it? One of my neighbors bought a 55-inch TV. <laughs> so I saw that on the curb for recycling. I'm like, okay, priorities. Not not saying they don't need a TV, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're going to be stuck at home for a while, I guess, you know, got to up the entertainment value. That's true. That's true. Playing lots I mean, of Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I played Madden on Sunday, um, and I squashed the chiefs 35 to three nice um that was a great feeling um so yeah so i am i am getting giving some more madden time in yeah i um i think there's definitely some minecraft in uh my future today uh i think helena and i will probably hop on the xbox i gotta set it up because i had it upstairs in the bedroom but i'm moving it down to the i may move it down to the den here actually because kind of thinking about reorganizing this area down here as part kind of her play area. And maybe I'll just throw the Xbox down here so we can play on that. Yeah. Plus the TV down here is not a smart TV, but it does have a Roku. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Roku's are one of the best devices. Everybody should go out and buy one. I mean, it's one of the easiest ways to get access to like the smart TV features. If you don't have a smart TV already. For sure. Yeah, and yeah. it's, I mean, for like 30, 40 bucks, you know, depending on what model you want to get. Yeah. Big fan. You know what I'm not a big fan of? Uh, sports? No, Amazon's yeah. freaking uh, user interface. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have a. <laughs> on the Kindle <laughs> or the Fire HD. Like, uh, we, ha I, we have one in our kitchen and I'm not a fan of it. I always get frustrated and I don't enjoy that device. No. <laughs> like, I. They recently, I don't know if they recently introduced it or I just recently stumbled upon it. Either way, I guess, like they have this for you section, which I like because it's just the, it's basically the list of all the apps that I've used recently, which is I'm typically what I'm doing for the one that's in the kitchen. The problem I was having, 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 the problem I was having today was struggling with Helena's kids tablet because I was trying to get an app downloaded on there. I got... I recently got her like a, you know, a micro SD card 
hacked because right. she it's only got like 25 gigs of storage on it. And so I got the micro SD card to get more, but it doesn't like automatically. It still says like it keeps giving me this notification like oh uh, memory, you know, system memory low, internal memory storage low. And I'm like, well, yeah, OK. So I'm trying to figure out how to move stuff over. And right. it's just the slowest, like most complicated. It should there should I should be able to sit there and say, we these are the ones I'm going to check and move over. And then it just does it. No, like it wants you to go in one by one. Not every app can be moved. It doesn't tell you or let right. you sort by which ones can be moved. Like, oh, I was just so frustrated. I finally got it working. But yeah, I so my Kindle, I'm. I got it just for books because it does reading very well. Mm -hmm. um, the Kindle app typically gives me a headache on other devices, but um, I, yeah, outside of just reading books, it's pretty much garbage. It's a big ad toy, basically like the screensavers advertisements. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's how you, you subsidize the cost of the device through advertisements. And I that's like, because the one that I got for the kitchen, I did that where I bought, I got the cheap one uh, with the ads on it because I'm like, well, I don't really care. And now I'm like, I've been thinking is like looking about looking into whether or not there's a way I can basically jailbreak it so that I can right, <laughs> just right. hack that thing out of there because I'm just like, oh, this sucks. I hate having this because what it also takes away is part of the functionality of the home screen. No doubt. You know, like, because if I'm playing music or something like that, now I have to, and, and I hate the fact that those aren't, like, you know, on my iPhone, I can, A, I pick it up and it turns on, uh, or B, like, I can tap the screen and it'll, you know, show. Uh, and I can't do that with the fire, so I always have to hit the power button right. on the side, which is just annoying. And then I have to swipe up and it's like, ugh. Yeah, I think that I think the Kindles are just really good for kindling. Yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah, they are not they are not great devices otherwise. So You froze. What'd you say? Oh, I said uh they're not great devices otherwise. Yeah. That's and again, I'm okay. I think I've just kind of, you know, I, I'm okay with that. I've come to grips with the fact that it's just good for reading books and that's about it. The the reading experience is best on the Kindle. It's subpar at best on like iPads or other Android devices. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. So no sports. No sports. No sports. No sports. I don't know what the country, like, I don't know what the country does without sports. Um, well, if Instagram and Facebook and Twitter are any indication, um, there's a lot of men out there discovering that they have wives. Um, that's who that, you know, like shape moving through the house, uh, is on, on any given Sunday. Yeah. Uh, apparently lots of honeydew projects getting completed. Um, <laughs> not around here. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of funny cause you know, I mean, I think we've talked like, I don't, I don't indulge in sports the way that I used to, you know, like yeah. I, I, it used to be 24 seven. I had ESPN on and then I, I slowly over time just kind of got tired of listening to the talking heads as much. Um, but it's been really funny lately tuning into like sports radio because right. they have no idea what to do. <laughs> they are just grasping. And I get that they've got to fill air. Like they have advertising commitments, you know, 
Uh, somebody's sneaking up behind me, aren't I, they? I saw that. Uh, there's a shadow moving. Hi, Helena. Andre says hi. Hi. How are you doing, sweetie? Here. How are you? Good. Yeah? No school today? No, because of the virus. Yeah. Is your dad being nice to you while you're home? Uh-huh. I have to do homework for my teacher. Oh, my gosh. It's beautiful. It's I had to beautiful. do two. There's only, like, we can make um a leprechaun trap. Oh, yeah. That's the other one we're going to do later. Oh. Uh-huh. That's awesome. <laughs> Are you done talking to Did me now? something? I'm done. Okay. Bye. Bye. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Says bye. Thank you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is being a parent and doing a, a, a broadcast at the same time. That's right. That's all about uh, that, that work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> I told um, her if she finished her homework, she could watch TV. Okay. While we finish the podcast. She's also been making these weird hissy cat noises lately, which is kind of creepy. That's why you shouldn't have cats. Tell me about it. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about sports. Um, nothing getting done. Yeah, so like these guys who have nothing to talk about, I feel I almost feel bad for them, except you know, like I would kind of die to have that job in a lot of cases. <laughs> Yeah, they uh like I I did see a couple headlines like I saw Tom Brady's leaving New England. Um Yeah, I mean there's plenty of news right now in the NFL like there's crazy stuff going on. Um yeah, Brady's apparently moving on from the Pats. Um which I think I mean like Bomani Jones he was like so apparently, you know, this is the thing we do in America where you all are act surprised even when we told you this was what was going to happen. Like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so it's like, because, yeah, I mean, we've heard all the stories about, oh, they had a phone call, him and Belichick, and it didn't go well, and, you know, him, like, posting all this stuff, and um, was it, he was talking to uh, Dana White, at, uh, right. you know, about going to Vegas, and so, I don't know, I mean, I there's a, supposedly, what, it's the uh, the Chargers, the which I don't see, um the Raiders, the 49ers, the Colts, I think, were another one that were supposedly interested in him. Yeah, the Colts are interested, but I think uh, the 49ers are out. Um, and again, it's like, uh, it's worse than, it's worse than like a soap opera. It doesn't really matter. It is a soap opera. I mean, that's, and that's what is really frustrating. That's where I kind of started tuning out, I think, with like the 24-7, you know, news cycle on right. sports. Right. Is when everything became this like over dramatized, like like you said, soap opera, you know, where it's all about like the personalities and the he said, she said and the, you know, the gossip and like the celebrity yeah. of it all, as opposed to like focusing on the actual sports. Yeah, the only the only thing I saw in sports that I actually give two shakes about is the U.S. Women's National Team. Yeah. Um, and. I, I hope that the, the U.S. Soccer Federation gets their act together 
because making a statement that the men's team's job is harder is so stupid. <laughs> you know like, what they need to do? What's that? I mean, they need to put a woman in charge. They are. So they literally are. They're going to put a woman in charge of the Federation. The The problem is it's that in the depositions, they actually said that. Oh, they yeah. That. I mean, that's... That, I mean, it's just, and unfortunately, it's not like that's the only place that that type of thinking still exists. Yeah, and I, 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 um, I don't know what to do with that because every time I hear stuff like that, I'm always confused because my mom's a woman and, um, I work, I literally have worked a lot of women in my career where I'm like, yeah, women are, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty dope. They do, they're, they're women a lot of guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... I mean, it's, why is that even an argument or a conversation? I mean, it just, it confuses me. Yeah. I, it, so I, I, I'm not a feminist because I, I don't, I, I just don't subscribe to that whole philosophy, but I do believe I'm a firm believer in treat people fairly yeah. regardless of gender or, or what. I don't know why that's such a conversation. It just blows my mind. And for a professional organization to even make that statement when all the facts point to the opposite, it just pisses me off. I'm like, why, why is that a conversation? You know, it, it proves my point about like people that are racist, they're, they're able to hide it because it's not politically correct. Right. Mm hmm doesn't mean that you've gotten rid of racism. It just means that people just don't, they, they don't want the baggage of actually being called out on it. Right. So let's just get beyond, let's actually dig in and do the work of like fixing the problem. You know, let's, let's not talk about why it is so. But or I think you could also take the inglorious bastards route and, you know, just permanently mark racist with a yeah. swastika on their forehead <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they can't hide it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some, some sorry. I realized last episode I didn't relate anything <laughs> to a movie or some other sort of like pop culture television reference, and so I, the first opportunity, I, I was just watching Inglorious Bastards last night. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I went from Black Panther to uh, Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I just think. I just think. Yeah, I, I, I feel for them. I, I just hope that um I don't have a I don't have a good argument for defending stupidity. And I just don't understand how they can go for so long saying, Oh, that's not the case to oh that's that's entirely the case. We think that a guy's job is a lot harder. Yeah. Um it just blows my mind. Yeah. I mean and, and I think you just look at you know, 'cause like we talked about, I personally like i if you told me i had the opportunity if, if there were two games going on simultaneously the men's and the right. women's teams and they were both playing i you know it, i don't even care who it was they were both playing basically the same caliber of team you know as as an op, as an opponent i'd so much rather go see the women play at this point just because i mean i'd i, I don't know I, <laughs> I know you don't you don't agree you'd rather go see the men play right I mean, because I know the women are going to win. If I'm being honest. Well, I yeah, and I guess like that's why I, I, I don't know. My attraction to the men's team is that like if they can get the right lineup and, and pull off a game, 
then they might win. So, right? so, so because it, it it might because it's a more rare occurrence, yeah. the elusive men's victory would be a better draw. The potential for an elusive men's victory would be a better draw for you than going to what would essentially be an assured victory for the women. Yeah, I would be shocked if the women lost. And yeah. it's just, and they play some great teams. Like uh, if they would have played Norway in the you know in the last uh, World Cup that would have been a different team. I mean, yeah. it, because Norway came out of nowhere to, you know, just kind of start flexing on people. So, yeah, so if I, if I would watch the men's team, it's because I want to see if they can win. Like, if I'm being honest, it's like, I just want to see if you guys can pull it off. Um, uh, it's you know. like being a state fan, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you're ride or die, but you're probably going to die. <laughs> See, and that's like, that's where, you know, again, I completely understand the decisions to cancel the, you know, basketball games and the championships and all that stuff. But it is disappointing because, you know, NC State's women won the ACC championship would have been a good seed, likely would have gotten to play somewhere relatively close here. And I was hoping to be able to get tickets so I could take Helena to go see them. Um, Dude, look at all the rest time that these teams are getting if they figure out a way to finish out the rest of the season right i mean i so, don't think they. i don't see any way that they it's a possibility not uh, I, I, I i guess but i don't i don't imagine that they're gonna pick things back up i think it's all pretty much said and done at this point i'm just i'm just hoping basically that's all that's that's me that's well that's... hope in one hand and poo in the other <laughs> i don't know why you would do that but i'm just hoping like that's all i got it's like eh, maybe maybe yeah <laughs> i mean i yeah I, look i you know i certainly am hopeful that things are cleared up by the time football season rolls around this is usually where my lull in sports kind of comes around anyways for me because it's the you know the tail end of the basketball and state's usually not that good so it's like i might have had two more games to watch um maybe three if I was lucky with and then baseball. I'm just, baseball is not my sport. You know, like I just yeah. can't. I, and, and I mean, I might've watched a little bit of like the, the hockey playoffs, but that pretty much would have been it until, you know, spring. Well, not even spring, but like the, well, the spring football game for state, which I would have gone to, but they canceled that. Um, you have to start watching soccer because I, you can literally watch. Well, I can't now. Right. right? Oh, that's true. <laughs> but you can watch soccer all year round. Yeah. Um, I guess I could uh, just go back and watch old games on, uh, what you call it, like YouTube. Yeah. Because that's, oh, yeah. I guess what I need to do is just create a new gamer tag, get an EA account, and buy FIFA so that we can play online. That's a really good idea. And maintain our social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> So just so everybody knows, this episode of the Chris and Andre show is brought to you remotely, uh, just like every episode is. <laughs> we were on that before it became a thing. That's right. We didn't. We would then, of course, the next day we'd usually meet and go have lunch in person. Yeah. So I guess that doesn't work now out we that well. But we kind of screen I, each other here on the, <laughs> the podcast. I'm kind of worried about uh, like the whole dining out thing, like. Um, Oh, it's, I mean, it's basically gone at this point. Yeah, I'm not worried per se 
like I saw a news clip of a restaurant in Boston where they're only doing takeout and delivery, but there was like 25 people working there. I'm like, well, I don't know what you're solving there. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know it's really, it, it, it's confusing, I think in a lot of ways. Um, because yeah, it's like, I, you know, go to the grocery store to get something and there's more than a hundred people probably in that grocery store, but they obviously can't just close grocery stores because people have to be able to do that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, you've got that many people. I think in a lot of cases, the goal is to try and not introduce any outside, you know, like you figure if you've got 25 people and they haven't caught the virus yet, that if you restrict their contact as much as you can to those 25 people that there, it's unlikely that they would, somebody would get it and spread it. Um, but I mean, you know, I think a, a lot of places are trying to take a, as much of a necessary precaution as they can, but you know, they don't, they can't afford to just close down, uh, right. you know, since nobody's going to help them out. That's true. That's true. so um i i watched the 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 latest star wars movie oh yeah i saw your tweet uh you were not a happy camper please can we so this is the 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 third in the trilogy right it was far from a thrill (laughs) like every time i watch a star wars movie now i just get frustrated i'm like for everything holy stop making these movies there was a lot of things in that movie that didn't make a lot of sense to me um we went and saw it in theaters when it was because we i mean i you know i i liked i liked the first one from the new trilogy i thought like it was interesting uh the second one was okay like it had me engaged enough but there were there were enough warning signs i think in that one where i was set up for the third one to be generally disappointing um i thought screen rants pitch meeting on that one was pretty fantastic i mean it was so spot on like i was like wow this movie is a hot mess and 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 i don't want to insult any star like diehard star wars fans and i I no, I, I mean, like, if if people like it, that's fine. It's this is our opinion. You know, we didn't, I didn't I, I, find it. I didn't feel like they did. They did the the lineage of those films justice. Just like the first three didn't, you know, didn't really honor in in the right ways. I think a lot of the the traditions of the movie, but yeah, and I think my problem and my hesitation not really a problem. My hesitation of like, you know crapping all over their, these movies is that the star wars fans they are really into that world it, it's like saying if people start like attacking marvel movies without reading comic books yeah. it, it kind of pisses me off so yeah i haven't read any star wars books because i don't want to um i don't care that much about the universe i think it's a great universe on film that's about it so <laughs> Like it's kind of like Game of Thrones with me, but this one, this whole trilogy, ended with what? Who cares? Like, yeah. How how is that even possible? You yeah. Know, how are we riding these hybrid horses mid atmosphere, and none of them get shot? 
Like, how do you, I mean, how do you miss so? Why are Star Troopers such crappy shots? And how do they? Keep their to guys? be fair, they've always been crappy shots. <laughs> That's not new to the Star Wars universe. Um, but yeah, I just, I think, you know, I don't know. I've been struggling lately because I feel like the bulk of movies that I'm watching are just so poorly done. Yeah. You know, like I'm, it, it's rare that I find something that isn't like a documentary or a stand up comedian that I'm actually like, Hey, that was a pretty good movie. And especially if it's not, if it's, <laughs> unless it's something where it's like, you know, it's, it's part of some series that I just happen to enjoy. And even then I, most of the time I'm like, well, that was pretty lazily done. And that's what it feels like. It feels like that it's just a, an inherent laziness to so the you, writing and the directing and the producing to the point where it's like, well, yeah, just pretend like this makes sense. So do you think the, the pivot to a two, a two hour plus runtime is making movies crappy? Because I, I'm starting to really believe that. I mean, I certainly don't think you need to make a movie long just for the sake of making it long, you know, and I do I do agree that I mean, growing up, it was much more the norm to have an hour and 20 minute hour and 40 like an hour and 40 minutes was a long movie. Right. You know, like w when you got to an hour and a half, you were expected the end of the credits to have rolled, you know, like <laughs> and there are lots of times where I go to movies in the theaters and or even sitting at home and I'm like, how much longer is this? You know, and I think part of it, you know, in the in the way that we consume movies is 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 part of it, you know, that we do consume so much more of it at home um, where we are probably more likely to invest in that type of time commitment. You know, like I'm not going to, I don't necessarily want to go spend three hours sitting in a movie theater watching Lord of the Rings, but you know, plenty of people will sit at home where you can pause it and go use the bathroom and get snacks and do that sort of thing. And, right. you know, spend three and a half, four hours watching one of those movies. Like I, I won't do that at home because I don't really care about Lord of the Rings all that much, but, um, but yeah, so I think like I wonder if that's part of it, the at least the motivation for them to start making longer. But I certainly think that it's possible. But I mean, just because a movie's long doesn't mean it's bad, you know. I I can't I can probably count on two hands excessively long movies that were good, and that includes some of the Marvel movies. Like, even yeah, if, it's like eh, even the Marvel movies I think have started to get kind of lazy in the way. I mean, you know, it's, it, again, I know we, we like watching the screen rant pitch meetings and stuff, but it's it's almost always the same formula. And I I mean I understand that these are based off of comic books. And so the, a lot of the same formulas are used in, you know, throughout different right. series of comics. But, you know, you think that for some you wouldn't just go, well, this one, you know, very specific formula has worked. Let's just stick with that. Yeah. Um, I've started also watching Cinema Sins, which cracked me <laughs> up. Uh, Jay Lee is not amused, uh, but I think they're hilarious because they're so spot on. It's like, yeah how does that make sense and how many MacGuffins do you need in every movie um i, I don't know i i digress um you, uh so speaking of of movies that i have enjoyed um because it's been so rare i netflix recommended mr right to me um sam rockwell and uh anna or anna kendrick um i mean 
Anna Kendrick will always just kind of hold a special place in my heart because of Pitch Perfect. Um, and I, you nodded. I thought you were going to roll your eyes. Well, wow. I agree. I've never seen the movie, but her quirkiness is super dope. Like yeah, she's way, just, she's adorable. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that's what won me over in the movie. Like, I've never seen Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Um, any of them. And probably I'll have to get really bored on a Saturday to watch them. Well, you'll but, have plenty of time. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a you know I thought that was a great movie. Sam Rockwell's character was just freaking baller. See, and it's funny like, because if you think like looking back, Sam Rockwell is one of those guys who basically just manages to play himself in every role, right? You know, but like he he tweaks it just enough that you kind of believe he's these individual characters. Um, and yeah, I just the way that the film was laid out and like the the chemistry between the two of them and like her you know, I don't want major spoilers the movie came out 5 years ago but um <laughs> you know like her turn kind of towards the end you know like I loved that she just kind of went like off the reservation and like that the stuff at the end I thought was just absolutely perfect you know, it had risen in it i mean like it doesn't get any doper than having risen in a movie i was like that's yeah, true <laughs> I mean, because some of it, a lot of it was like, oh, it's a comedy, right? And like for me, I have to, I have to start suspending belief early in the movie, or I just get really, really pissed. Sure. I'm like, oh, okay, it's it's totally a comedy, and I, I'm looking for the next comedic high, and I'm like, I, I like this movie, it's great. Uh, and then you add the RZA, I'm like, and it just got better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like chilling with the gummy worms. I'm like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah, the gummies. That, that I mean, and that's like his whole yeah his whole interaction with the different you know like Sam like, Rockwell. He he does that like crazy so yeah, well. Goes, you know, he did a whole like you're not going to be here when I come back. And then he goes, I'll see you inside. I'm like, oh my god, he's totally going to shoot Riza. Yeah, and it was just so it was just so dope. I'm like, this is a great character, and it it's not so far fetched from his personality. It looks like. I mean, it wasn't like he was trying to be that funny-ish type guy and it was just it just worked out really well i thought it was a great movie and that's i think the same thing with with anna kendrick you know like it seemed very natural for her yeah you know and that's one of the things that i like about both of them in general is i feel like in in the bulk of the stuff that i've seen they have that very natural feel like that's not like they're struggling to portray you know a character like it just they even if it is primarily themselves or some you know version of that that they're projecting like I, i just it comes across very natural, which is always a nice thing to see in acting. Yeah. Unlike Mark movie. Wahlberg. Oh, man. I, I'm still <laughs> mad I actually watched that movie. I know. <laughs> and that's, I mean, we were talking last week about, like, you know, suspending belief and stuff. And that's that's where, you know, like you said, right, if in Spencer Confidential, the way that the trailer was shot, I was ready to just, like, laugh it up and have, like, right. these over-the-top scenes and stuff like that. And that movie started off and I was like, holy crap, like, this thing's way more serious than they led on to believe. Like, the, I just, uh, it was weird. I, that whole thing was done so, so strange. And I, I realized, like, I, I guess that, I realized afterwards that that is a, a some series. Um, I hope not. No, 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 like, it's based off of an old, like, classic series on, like, a uh, detective show or PI show, like, on television. 
some Spencer like it, it's Spencer for hire. Yeah, Spencer for hire. No. Yes, that's it's the same. Yes, the same property. I'm really mad. Oh, I'm yeah, so glad that yeah. you're just finding this out on the podcast live. This is amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my gosh. I'm super angry. I'm angry at the entire... You're even mad. You're more mad now than you were before. This is great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I used to watch that show when I was a kid. Right? And that's what it's supposed and to be. A man called Hawk. Oh, my... I'm mad. I'm freaking mad. And that's what they did with it. And that's like, I started because I didn't know that until I started. I went on Rotten Tomatoes after I watched it because I was like, I just have to see how bad people are panning this. Some people excused that movie and were like, oh, no, it's a fun, enjoyable flick. Like you, of all people, last time you were like, oh, it's a movie I put on on Saturday and watch, you know, like, oh, it's stupid. And now you're just like, I'm never watching that movie again. Yeah. When you connect the dots, it's terrible. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what they did with that. Right. Oh, my gosh. That is garbage. That is absolute garbage. (laughs) I'm sorry. As soon as you said, I'm like, a series? What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, crap. Wait, wait, wait. Spencer for hire. No. <laughs> Way to kill a TV show. Like, and it wasn't, it was just a decent, you know, decent yeah. TV show. But the show itself was actually, de- it was decent. And now they ruin it with this crap. I mean, you would think like, and that's where, again, especially the way that the trailer was cut made it look like it was going to be a comedy. And there were moments where it was kind of trying to be funny, but I don't know if it was just Mark Wahlberg, like not delivering his lines the right way or what, like, but it seemed like the way that the whole thing was cut together, was just, that was terrible. I don't want to spend too much time railing it. Cause I already did that last week, but yeah, but yeah I'm now I'm pissed. No, I'm sorry. I mean, not really. Cause it makes for great podcasting. But. <laughs> I would have changed my Netflix rating for that movie. It gave it a thumbs up. And I'm like, eh. <sighs> he took something that was marginally okay, something I could probably watch old reruns of, and just killed it for me. Um, all right, whatever. <laughs> Angry. <laughs> oh. Uh, watch anything else good lately? Or anything uh, else interesting? No, I watched a movie called Little. Uh, it it's like a, it's definitely a C plus in, in far as far as movies, but we're just kind of browsing through Plex to see if there's something that we haven't watched yet. And I when I first watched it, I watched the first ten minutes of it, and then I turned it off. Jay Lee's like, "Let's watch it," and I watched beyond the ten minutes. I'm like, "Oh, this is totally something I can watch and not throw up." Um, but one thing in yeah, one thing I've noticed is some movies, like you can tell, you can take a good actor and act- actress and give them a crappy script and just make the entire presentation just seem like you shouldn't watch the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't mean, and I, I, I don't know much about production itself, but I do know that it, you can have high production quality, but a crappy script and make a a movie just seems so off and awful where it that movie that was the first 10 minutes of that movie but once you get beyond it and the child actress in there she's from a uh, blackish 
mm-hmm. she did a great job and carried the, you know her role and just kind of made the movie fit together. But then it went back to like, oh, this is like a B minus C plus movie. Don't I'll never watch it again. <laughs> That's a lot of Tyler Perry's movies in a nutshell. Like, I oh, is that a Tyler Perry film? No, thank. God. If it was, I wouldn't have watched it. Like, oh, okay. I, I I refused to watch any of his movies. I just don't like them. I mean, like uh, to me, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that almost feels like modern black exploitation. What he it does, is. right? That's why. That's why I won't give him a dime. Yeah, because it's, it just bothers me. Yeah. So, yeah, hard pass. Do you ever watch? Uh, My name is Dolomite. Not yet. No. I, I totally got a. I, I mean, I love Eddie Murphy. So yeah, I, I know we were just talking about black exploitation, but uh, that I still I, I got to go back and rewatch that at some point because that was that was great. Um, I I still highly recommend that because, yeah. I mean, in some in some lights, even Shaft was the same thing. But I yeah, think, I think Tyler Perry really goes in on some stereotypes. It just kind of pisses me off. And it's just like, eh, I don't want to rock with that. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was trying to think if there was something else that I watched recently. Oh no, that's right. I was going back and watching more of the Fast and the Furious, um, like series, because I I'd fallen asleep watching the first one like very early on. I fell asleep watching it again the other night, but I made it further into it. Um, and then what was it? We watched too fast, too furious. Um, then I watched a video on YouTube explaining how the rock and Vin Diesel don't like each other. I, I saw that. That was pretty good. I, um, I totally, I totally was like, I didn't understand where Shobbs and Hobbs came from. Dobbs and Shaw Shobbs. and Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs, yeah. I was like, where did that come from? And Calvin and Hobbs. <laughs> That video brought some light to it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because they basically refused to work with each other on the eighth on on fate of the Furious or whatever. Yeah, and I I, uh, I don't have a dog in that fight. I think uh, I like The Rock from what I know about him. I don't really have any beef with Vin Diesel. Um, no, well, I mean I um, I have heard just rumor wise with no you know real basis or reason for me to necessarily believe it anyways but that vin diesel's a pain in the ass to work with and the rock seems at least from an external viewpoint to be at least a little bit nicer and more approachable of a guy but that doesn't mean that i mean again that doesn't make vin diesel like a bad person i think he actually does a lot of good charity work and stuff like that as well um so yeah like i don't have anything against vin diesel but it's not Super surprising to me that two guys like that wouldn't yeah. be able to get along, you know, and especially the way like the the YouTube video was kind of explaining, you know, that like by the time The Rock came in and Fast Five that the franchise was losing a lot of interest and it was viewed like he was the one that came back and saved it. And if you're Vin Diesel, who's been there that whole time, except for like the one really crappy Too Fast, Too Furious, well, and Tokyo Drift was pretty terrible, too. But yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's probably not something that you're, especially because, you know, he always felt, I guess, like he was hard for him to get in, you know, or harder for him to get into acting. So I'm sure seeing The Rock be like a professional wrestler and then kind of very, like, be wanted so badly in Hollywood that they're basically making projects and vehicles for him, you know, whereas with Vin Diesel, it's like, man, I had to 
finally get lucky in this like Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it, but I don't know. I, I yeah, the, towards the end when where apparently the rocks, you know, kind of trying to bury the hatchet. I could, I mean, I, I know a couple people in my personal life where. If I'm being honest, we didn't like each other at first, and it was kind of because egos got in the way. Um, yeah. So I'm I mean, sure you and that, me, honestly, like we couldn't stand each yeah, other. I know you were totally like like coming at me for no no reason. <laughs> Who like, is what? this guy? I'm like you're thinks he knows Excel. Off. Get out of here with your Excel skills. Yeah, I know that's how that's how when you get older, your beef gets very very like lame. And dude, you suck at Excel, bro. Like. <laughs> Put your computer away. What'd you say about my conditional formatting? Good Lord. Why do you have all these colors everywhere? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, whatever's. I mean, I I watched that series and that franchise just because they have figured out a way to amuse me. And it's just entertainment. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is. I was just laughing because, like, yeah, I started watching Fast Five because um, I wanted to see The Rock. And like the, I made it maybe ten minutes into the movie before I fell asleep, and it's like the at the very beginning where they're transporting you know uh, Dom in the prison bus, and it's like you know who this dude is, you know that they've broken him out of jail before, you know that they're gonna wait for it, like, and yet it's just one bus with like a single guard in the yeah. middle of the desert. And somehow Paul Walker's car, you know, becomes an immovable object where this thing, you know, like I just the whole thing was so ridiculous and over the top. That's where I was just kind of fell asleep because then Paul Walker and what's her face ended up in South America. And I was like, I can't. What? How? Okay, I'm going to sleep now. (laughs) Yeah. Purely entertainment. I um, I found another. So uh, there's a series, a documentary series on, uh, oh, crap. I'm about to go way in. Uh-oh. I caught up on Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> that, is my, that is my guilty pleasure. God, I love that show. <laughs> like, well, um, this is episode 10, <laughs> right? I have, yeah, I totally missed out on season three of their family vacation. But I, I love watching them throw grenades in their lives. It took just... 10 episodes for us to get... I completely forgot that you are a sucker yeah. for that crap. Uh, uh, what was the other one that you like to watch? Was it uh, Flora Bama Shore? Flora Bama Shore. Oh, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I did watch the Guidos and Guidettes. Like in their, they, I mean, they have kids now. They're like in their 30s like doing this stupid crap. But I just I find it so entertaining. But aside from that, I did find a um, there's this series on Netflix called uh, Dirty Money, and I watched season two, and it wasn't in order, but it showed the one with Jared Kushner. Good night, like father-in-law, like son-in-law. Yeah. He's a crook. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. That's a that's a recommendation. If you haven't watched that, you should totally watch it. It's it's very, very thought provoking. It makes you think about things outside of what what you probably pay attention to. And I just really enjoyed that. Well, I think that's also a good segue into the next topic: uh, politics. <laughs> 
It's time for politics. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm almost confident you didn't watch the debate. No, I mean, what's the point? No, it doesn't really matter because Biden's going to get the nomination because the DNC isn't going democratic socialist at any point. Like, they're not interested in that. And I mean, I, I, again, Wait, like the DNC or the voters, Which... both. Okay. I mean, I, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think you know, but the DNC is certainly putting a lot of effort behind trying to keep Bernie from, you know. Every time I hear that, can you explain to me how? How in the primaries is that even possible? Well, just in terms, I mean, okay, so as soon as every single one of the other candidates dropped out, they immediately endorsed Biden, even though there were multiple candidates that both had a chance, like basically saying, like, no, he's the only one, which is not typical. All right, so is that an individual choice, or are you saying the DNC is like... I'm saying the DNC orchestrated that. Yeah. Come on. How so? Because they don't want Bernie to win. They're not interested because he's because he's anti-establishment and they are the establishment. And he's trying to use the establishment to get in a position of power so that supposedly he can take it down from the inside, right? Like that's that's his whole spiel. And I think that there is a certain level of true concern. You're, you're a conspiracy guy with that. Well, yeah, of course I am. We've talked about this. I love conspiracy theories. That is the stupidest thing. I'm sorry. That is stupid. All right. So you're telling me during the primaries, the DNC has got everything in a wad. They're like, we must stop Bernie. So people going out to vote, and this is, give me some clarity on this because I'm, I may be wrong. Yeah. People going out to not vote for Bernie is the DNC's doing. No. Okay. So that's, that, that's like, I, all right. So I, oh. I have noticing one thing on Twitter and I've actually had to peel back on Twitter. I did like unfollow some people because I, I really, it's like sensory overload for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I get that people are super passionate, but I realize they're super loud. So when I stopped following certain people, the noise level went down mm-hmm. and my, my feed got super normal. But I also see the same thing. in like the conversation itself, if you're so, if, if Bernie's, supporters are in such an echo chamber they're not willing to accept the fact that in general if he had a movement that he got some you know he gets a lot of notoriety for in 2016 or you know prior to the or prior to 2016 and he hasn't made ground since then whose fault is that is that the dnc or is that the fact that maybe it's not really a, a political movement so I think that's a good question, um, and it it reminds me of an article that I was reading this morning. I think it was in the New York Times. Um, I think it was an op-ed piece, but talking about how, in this person's opinion, Bernie Sanders has already won because he's pulled the focus onto the specific issues that you know, like he wants to do, and away from other stuff, which I I generally disagree with. Right. You know, like I because I think if anything, what he's done is caused the other candidates to pay lip service to these issues, even though they have no real intention of doing anything about it when they get in office. Just like I mean, just like any candidate, if if we're being honest. Right. Like it's it's no different than they pander to each of these groups, whichever ones are the largest and the easiest for them to sway, because 
that's the way that they're going to get an office. But then ultimately they're going to do whatever it is that they want to do. It's not, they don't feel compelled to do that because then what are they going to do? They're going to turn around in two years and they're going to run for reelection. And it's not going to matter whether or not they actually accomplished anything. It's going to be more about how many advertising dollars can somebody throw at somebody else. I I personally think that Bernie or Biden getting, getting into office, it's a one term shot. Right. And I think they, they're both actually hinting to that at some point. My, my issue with the Sanders like rhetoric is that for his own, at his own detriment, he hasn't figured out a way to get off his own talking points. And it, yeah. was very, it was very evident in the debate, right? And last night, because YouTube said, hey, there's a Bernie Sanders like virtual rally. Good night. Philip, Philip Agnew, uh, Nina Turner, freaking, uh, uh, I don't, Neil Diamond. I think it was Neil. Who cares? Neil Young. Neil Young. Yeah, they're all. The, I mean, it's all the same. Yeah. It's like Neil, somebody, somebody I, I would never like personally listen to their music. And Daryl Hannah. I, I don't care, right? And just a bunch of singing and like not even talking about issues. And it's all this like, if I'm being honest, Nina Turner sounded like a person I would listen to back when I was younger at church. She wasn't. She was using a lot of words, but wasn't saying anything. Philip Agnew, just on some like, oh, we're doing all these great things, but how? Like, he actually said, people keep asking, how is Bernie going to do these things? And his response was by having a movement. Who? What? Like, you're talking about. You're 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 providing a solution that only ask more questions. We're going to have a movement to get these things to happen. You're full of crap. You've got to stop saying movement because I just keep thinking poop jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take some Pepto and we're going to poop all the, we're going to poop solutions. It's just, I mean, it, the argument. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Like you can't, you can't say that your, your solution is a movement, right? Like, that there has to be an like, what's your actual plan, right? Because ideas are great. Like you can have ideas all day long, but like, how are you actually going to accomplish these things? Right. What, what? Explain it to me, right, so that I can understand what your plan is and whether or not I agree that that's the way that we should go about this. I I get every time I hear Bernie Sanders speak, and it's it's not being disrespectful. I get the same feeling I would get when I heard Bill Clinton speak president clinton speak and it's like oh i feel really good about this but now that i'm older how are you going to do it that's that's the point where it's like you go on this roller coaster of like yeah medicare for all well there's a lot of plans that uh clinton's administration put in place that killed people in taxes yeah and you know you're talking about this movement oh we have young people yeah, they, they're very excitable. I can relate to that. I was very excitable at 19 years old. Super excitable. But I actually went out and voted. Like, when your people get so excited, they, they're thinking, oh, we got this, and they're not going to vote. And the argument that they're going to vote in the general? What? Yeah, why would they vote in the general but not in the in the In the primary. primary. So you're – well, they don't vote in the primary. 
because they're or because they're registered independent so they don't that's what they don't participate in the primaries then like and that's i mean we've talked about this before like my issue with the whole primaries the fact that it's you know like whatever you got to pick a side up front before you have a say in which candidates because i should get to have some you know influence over both candidates or all of the candidates that i get to choose from like I mean, even if it's a rank voting kind of thing where it's like, you know, this would be my preferred order. Like that would, in my mind, make more sense than the way that we do it now. But so but God knows I mean, we can't change it because we'll confuse all the old people. So we we are. Right, so here's a here's no offense. Where, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so the hole in your argument was that they've made a lot of changes to the Democratic process for the Democrats based on Bernie Sanders recommendations because he felt he got shafted last time and it's the same result. That's, that's the part. I mean, I, I look, I, you know, I was being somewhat facetious with my, my DNC conspiracy theory earlier. (laughs) Okay. Cause I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. Cause I I just don't, I I think, I think there is some, I, I, and I don't think it's necessarily calling in favors, but I think there is some level of orchestration of that where it's like, Hey, now that you've dropped out, we would really appreciate if you would throw your support behind, you know, Joe, because he's the one that we think, you know, wh- whether or not it's because they think he's the guy that can beat Trump or for or because they don't necessarily like Bernie and, and some of his rhetoric, whatever it is. I think, you know, we've talked like because there's a if there wasn't a reason to be in power in the at the top of the political parties, there wouldn't be the push to get into those roles and those positions as much as there is. Right. Be that as it may, but if you look at the math where like it it was very evident that these other candidates didn't have a path, when you look at Iowa and New Hampshire as, oh, so-and-so did well here, so-and-so did well here, they have a chance. And then you start having like a more diverse electorate. Yeah. And it's like, yeah... I don't rock with that. Right. When you get down to, you know, when you add in stuff like South Carolina, you know, and we talked, you know, before that yeah. that was going to be a big push for Biden, that if Biden could win South Carolina, that that was going to basically indicate whether or not, you know, he had a chance at getting the the nomination in general. Because everybody was riding high on this whole Bernie, Bernie train still. It's like, yeah. And if you, no, if you're polling primarily, you know, very liberal or, you know, democratic socialist leaning, areas then yes of course like bernie's gonna look like he's coming out on top early on and um you know i think most of us realize that it would probably be a lot closer to you know even uh than than either of those sides really thought um which is what we're basically seeing now i mean they're you know there's there's enough separation that it looks pretty evident that biden's gonna win but they're not that far apart you know, they're actually mathematically like uh, uh, Biden just won Washington state last night. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, I, I, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm saying two, I'm trying to say two things. One, I think that if there was really a movement and the DNC is being considered the enemy, really create your own party. Like that's one thing I'm, I'm really starting to feel if the, if where the younger voters feel that, they're not being heard. It's time to really consider the third party option or the fourth party option because the green party is still a thing. So, but, but I guess uh, like why, why not try to fix what's wrong with the democratic party? What, what's wrong with that tactic? Because the, the, what they're asking for isn't part of the philosophy of the democratic party. 
Like they want to say capitalism in itself is bad. But well, the but I mean we talked last time about the fact that the the profile of the Democratic parties has changed it, over it's time. Changed, it's fundamentally changed as far as like their views on segregation. That's it. That that's really the only major change of the Democratic Party. They still want larger. They want more government where it shouldn't be, and we're trying to get. It. I think that having the states still control the states is probably the safer bet, right? So, example. But there still be, has to be some level of uniformity across those states because otherwise, you know, going from one state to the other, you're not you're not going to be able to have the same like driver's licenses aren't going to transfer so, and yeah, that okay, sort of so stuff. A, a talking point for these so-called progressives is free public education. Why is it Florida, for the most part, public to, you know uh, colleges are free for their for the residents? So that or to, at certain schools, right? So they have a good majority of schools. If you're a resident of Florida, mm-hmm. you don't pay for college. So that is not like unique to progressive thoughts or the the federal government's not making them do that. They right. said, well, we can afford to do that. Yeah. So. I, I don't think that what they're asking for is that unique. It's just that s- actually some states can figure out ways to make those things happen. It doesn't mean you have to overhaul the entire party for that. So, like, but it also doesn't mean that Florida gets to dictate to the other 49, you know, states and, and territories how that works. So th- when you look at it that way, it's like what you're looking for. You're saying capitalism is, their biggest thing is capitalism is bad. Well, guys, a majority of this party still believe in capitalism. They're going to hit a, like Bernie Sanders ideas are going to hit a roadblock in Florida. This read in an article this morning about the Hispanic vote in Florida, where it ain't going to fly. So if he hasn't dropped out of the race now, and if this so-called movement hasn't figured it out, yeah, that works well in California. The progressive youth vote is strong in California. It's strong, maybe strong in Arizona, maybe strong in Nevada. But the rest of the country is not trying to hear that. Like, that, that's a fact. And I think it's time to say, okay, the chance, the chance he had in 2016 where the DNC bent to his, like, his request and made changes, and, and some states said, okay, we're not going to do a caucus because you felt that was, you know, it did a disservice. And the states listened to their, their, to their electorate and changed that. Well, no, no caucus, but when you have a primary, nobody's trying to hear what he's saying. So the states that, like he won last time, and a lot of them are caucus states, are no longer caucus, and he doesn't get he doesn't get the nomination in those states. So I, I think it's time to if the progressive like AOC as well, if they're trying to push this agenda, and they don't feel they're getting the support, or they're not, they don't like the way the rules are in the DNC party, and they feel they can do it on their own. Well, go do it. Because you're not going to convince people that fundamentally disagree with you that what you're saying is is going to change their lives. I don't know. I guess I disagree. Like I, I think, I, I mean, I just, I ultimately, I don't think there's anything wrong with pushing for those changes. I think, you know, like yes, another option could be to go start your own political party. But I think we also know that there's a lot of like there's a lot of hurdles to that 
right? Apparently not. The Green Party still keeps popping. But, but the back. Green Party is still there, right? But I'm just but like they don't do anything, right? And that's what like if you go, that's still, but that's, that's still different than Bernie's movement. No, but um, but the difference is that Bernie actually is using the platform of the Democratic Party in order to try and get his message out to a larger audience. And I think, yes, Bernie. Make think about it this way, right? Bernie's in Vermont. And Vermont's not the only place in the entire country that is interested in Bernie Sanders types of ideas. And so him leveraging the platform of the Democratic Party and his position within that and the fact that there is enough people within the country that are interested in his ideas that he's the number two candidate two years basically in a row. Right. Or two two election cycles in a row um, within that the the Democratic you know, party that I, I think that's where, that's where he's showing up. If he showed up on his own, if he used, if it was really a movement, if it was really a platform that had some you know substance to it, he should just go. I mean, seriously, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, but people aren't going to go with him is the problem, right? He, he can reach people because I, I, I would look at it this way, right? Like I could, I could continue to advertise on AM radio, right? Or something like that where I know that nobody is going to be really listening. Or I could stand on the backs of giants and go on the internet and, you know, like go to the place where the people are. And basically where what you have is you have a large swath of voters in the Democratic Party, some of whom are liberal i guess leaning or left-leaning or socialist leaning enough that they're interested in at least entertaining some of bernie sanders ideas right not i I think there's there's a lot of people who don't agree with everything that bernie sanders says but they really like the idea of health care for everybody and education for everybody and i'm not saying that that has to happen at the federal level i agree that it is 100 possible for that to happen and should be focused on making it happen at the state level as opposed to pushing somebody into the office of president who's going to force that down right i'm i'm with you on that the hope for i think a lot of people is that you put somebody like that in charge and it inspires more change amongst other places so that people who do live in you know people people who want these things but maybe necessarily aren't in an area where they're able to push those things through for whatever reason are able to get more assistance because there's guidance from the federal government. So, but there's also nothing wrong with adopting the, so let's say the mythic, let's call it party, um, the progressive party. Let's call, give it a new name. Let's say the progressive party has some good ideas on policy, but there's nothing wrong with the the Democrats or the Republicans adopting those policies because that should. So when, when the argument, when the argument comes back to, well, that's the problem with the two-party system. Well, there's nothing pre- preventing you from creating another party. And if you're able to, because he, he doesn't want to work across the aisle, right? He said that. He's right. Like, uh, yeah. We're do so if he's able to create that party, if he's able to get people to listen to AM radio, right? And peep, there are enough people that believe in what he, or like what he's saying. Maybe that's a more effective route than trying to convince people and trying to persuade them by changing their, their fundamental, like the fundamental difference, which is that gap that he can't cross that he's right. 
And I, that's where that's where I'm coming. I'm not saying yeah. that. And that's how I look at it. It's like I just think that if if you know if Bernie went to go do his own political party thing, he'd be much more like a Ralph Nader, right? Like this tiny voice in the political, you know, like boardroom that nobody's really ultimately going to listen to that isn't really going to impact much in the way of that. And I think what what he is trying to do is is again like leverage the fact that he has some relationship with democratic voters, right? To, for whatever reason. Um, but, but you can, but if he was the person, if the movement was the movement that it's said to be, he could influence people without trying to get them to change fundamentally. So there's nothing wrong with adopting the policies. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but prove the case the right way. Stop with the, you know, he really speaks to an even listening to him talk last night. I'm like, this guy really only wants to focus on his points. Yeah. I mean, again, like I, I think, you know, like Bernie's got his own, he's got issues. You know? yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, the, guy, the guy was actually a, a freaking supporting us, a, a communist movement back in the early eighties. So like, I mean, maybe he's changed his views on communism, but I mean, he really was part of the, I think it's called the SWP party in 84 so when you when that stuff starts thank goodness it hasn't come to surface as much as it could in the media but it's that's questionable right uh to say that to pick out the nice things about fidel castro and he's actually talking about the early parts of his of his regime his regime he killed a lot of people like forget forget what he's oh we taught people how to read it's like dude you're that's the what the the tone the tone deaf thing right there like yeah you can say that in 2020 or 2019 when he said it but people that have relatives that are from cuba or or from if you look at people in venezuela they don't want to deal with socialism you look at people from uh you know people that are like of that descent or have relatives that are from that descent want nothing to do with socialism and you can kind of you can try to call it democratic socialism all you want, but that's not what people want. Like that's where it's like, dude, figure out a way to get people to adopt your policies and to figure. You know, you're, but see, you I don't. I mean, what's the, I don't understand the difference in that case between you know adopting policies versus changing fundamentals. If the fundamentals that you're trying to get people to adopt are the policies that you're trying to get, like the, I guess so I don't understand the difference between the two. There, here's the difference. Everybody would agree. Most rational people would have agreed before Obamacare that we needed to rework the healthcare system. Okay. How it happened is what people are pissed about, right? Most people would agree that we need to fix our, our, our medical system. But most people would also agree, like, yeah, you're saying that the average American person pays $12,000 a year in, in uh, healthcare. And you're saying that, yes, you're going to raise taxes where they're only paying $200 a month. Well, to be fair, my friend, when you're paying more taxes coming out of your check, you're not having one expense for it. You're not trading now. It's still zero, right? You can't pay for that. Like you can't say, well, they're not paying deductibles. That's assuming everybody goes to the doctor every day and everybody's caring. The average doesn't include everybody that's not going, that doesn't, that's healthy, doesn't have to go to the hospital. You're, it's not a viable system. And to increase taxes across the board in other places to still have a deficit of the $65 trillion doesn't make sense. 
it literally doesn't make sense. I, I yeah, I, I don't know, man. I hear what you're saying, but I think this is one area where you and I fundamentally disagree. I think that it is 100% possible for us to have universal health care for everyone that is paid for by taxes where we aren't in the situation that we're in right now. I think there are plenty of examples in, yes, some smaller countries where the same thing done at the scale of the United States would be just as effective. Like I think it's a huge money grab by the pharmaceutical and the medical industries and the insurance companies, and they're just bleeding people dry in, in America. And, I mean, yes, 100% something, something has to change, um, you know, I, I'm not saying that Bernie Sanders has the right answer to doing that, but I think there is a way that we can achieve oh, I, universal health care for saying, everybody. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm saying like his way is like, doesn't make any sense. So here's one equation that I, like, when I think about the health care situation, it kind of blows my mind. Most states have a department of insurance that actually regulate which insurance carriers you can have in the state, right? For example, like uh, when I worked at one company, I had Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. My wife had Blue Cross Blue Shield of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. My plan was for myself and all of my dependents, excluding my wife because the state picked up her bill, was literally $90 a month. $90 a month. When I look at the same plan in North Carolina, you know how much it was? $750 a month. <laughs> so you know who regulates that? The Department of Insurance. So I do believe there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of common sense things we can do. Yeah. Number one, I do kind of believe that if we're going to keep the, we're, we need to get the regulation to where it makes sense for the consumer. So whether that's being able to purchase insurance from out of state for healthcare coverage, which a lot of people aren't able to do, it would actually force them to compete. There's a lot of things we can do that could get us to a more rational sense. First of all, getting healthcare affordable. And secondly, figuring a way to properly get to the healthcare that's, you know, whether it's single payer or Medicare, whatever that may be. And the argument that, you know, even the whole Sweden argument, you know how many people live in Sweden? Like 7 million. Like there's not a lot of people in Sweden, right? New, again, New York has more people. The average state has more people than Sweden. So looking at Sweden's not the only place though. I, I'm, but that's the argument that keeps coming up. It's Sweden and Finland. So looking at what they did, and one of the things they did was that their economies were actually functional, right? Our economy is not super functional, especially now, when we, we're actually so market-driven that we make choices that, I'm sorry, we're market-driven and we're tax-driven, where we're forcing companies to leave to produce things factory-wise, and we're not able to keep the income in the, in the states or the country. So when we can get those things balanced out, we can actually stabilize our economy where we're not importing goods into our supply chain to where things like this happen, things break, we could probably get to a Medicare for all. So the, the market-driven and the tax-driven like choices we make keep us away from actually getting to a, a, a government-paid-for healthcare system. But isn't that a result of capitalism? Not necessarily. If you fix the tax code, Right. If you if the tax code was fair, if our taxes were competitive with our neighbors in, in other countries, companies would not have the incentive to leave, but still need to do business in the United States. Period. But I guess like um, 
So why is it why is it that all you ever hear about is companies that don't pay any taxes? You know, the Amazon paid zero dollars in taxes fix, last year. Fix the tax code because the tax code allows them to put their headquarters. It allows them to put certain pieces of their company outside the United States. But you're saying, so, but you're basically saying like you're going to force them to pay taxes, higher taxes here in the United States. How is that going to f- encourage them to come back to the United States if, if we're basically saying you can't hide your money somewhere else anymore? So if the incentive is I, it's going to cost me, let, let's say the corporate tax rate is 12%, right? I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Yeah. But let's say it's 12%. But the same corporate tax rate in Ireland is 7%. Plus, I'm going to give you incentive to be here. Well, let's be competitive with our tax rate. Number one, let's make it a tax rate that is competitive globally. And two, fix the tax code where there are less loopholes for, because Amazon or Google, for example. Yeah. Is a, is using, they still conduct a majority of their business and have tax shelters in the United States to pay zero taxes. Fix the tax code. I mean, just to be clear, I'm wholeheartedly on board with fixing the tax code and the fact that, you know, like, yeah, companies who are making money here in the United States off of U.S. you know people and infrastructure and all that 100% have to be paying their fair share of taxes in order to help. You know, again, this comes back to, you know, the, uh, the you and I have spoken in the past about the unwritten agreement right between an employer and an employee and I think it's the exact same thing with an organization and a community or or a state or a country or whatever it is where when you go in there you know like you have a more obligation to make to not make things worse right, <laughs> right. when you right. go in and to support that community that ultimately returns that favor and supports you you know, like yeah, I, mean, I, when I was driving cross country, the, one of the most depressing things to me was every little town that I drove through that had a Walmart that had closed down because what you also saw was nothing. I mean, there was nothing there anymore. These little towns that had, you know, the opportunity to maybe grow into something bigger because of oil production or whatever it was that was out there. And Walmart came in, they closed out, they ran everything else out of business. And then the moment it became unprofitable for them to have that location, they pulled up shop and closed and left everybody high and dry. My, my point, yeah, I mean, we're, we're saying, all right, I believe we're, we disagree on the tactics, but I think we're saying the same thing. And, I, and I'm not trying to say that there's no space for progressive ideas in the country. And it's not what I'm saying at all. I do believe that how we get there is... It's got to make sense. And I don't think that I really honestly don't think that Bernie Sanders or anybody could go in and, and like wire up Medicare for all in four years. No, it's, just, it's complete dismantling of the system. Even eight way. years, it would be very difficult for anybody. And especially if because of the way that things typically go in our government. Right. Even if Bernie got elected chances are if he's lucky for four years, he's or maybe two years, he's going to have a democratic like, right. you know, house of representatives and or Senate that would help him to establish the legislation. But even then it's going to be a, I mean, we've seen what Mitch McConnell has done to push his own crap through. Right. We know what he's going to do to try and block anything else going through. So like, you know, and again, I mean, Democrats have absolutely pulled their fair share of crap, you know, in the past, too. But uh, I just yeah, there's no way that that's going to get done. And I mean, you look what happened with Obamacare, right? Or, or, you know, the Affordable Care Act, where 
there were good pieces, right? There, there I right. think there was a good idea there initially, and it got chopped and butchered in the Senate and the House to the point where they gutted a lot of the things that were actually going to help make it effective or had at least the potential to make it effective. So my question or my the point is for me is like the Affordable Care Act was the framework used was what was working in Massachusetts. Right. Okay. So I'm not I am not opposed to fixing health care. I think yeah. that what what aside from your emotional attachment to the issue and the passion people have behind these issues, they have to think about how it actually gets implemented. And I think that's where, you know, logic has got to trump your, your emotional attachment to it. And I, you know, I just really believe that, you know, the, if it were me, I would say that maybe the platform of the, of the democratic party is not the right place. And, and I'm not saying that because I think you should, Maybe you do need to separate the ideas. Maybe you don't want to try to look at the ideas holistically in this in this instance. And maybe the the progressive party, in and of itself, does a much better job on its own platform. The four years that we've had since 2016 could have been better used to build it, to build the strength and the message of what needs you know need or possibly needs to happen. It's not an ideological debate. Because yeah. I think a lot of people, I mean, the, the answer, so when people say in the, in the, after the polls, what do you think about Medicare for all? I believe that 70 plus percent Americans believe in that. Generally, people believe that we should fix healthcare. But I think it's the ideology, the ideological debate that people, they get stuck on is how you actually implement it. And that's where I think as a party, if, if that's, if that movement is true, they move it to its own thing. That's that's all I'm, that's all I would suggest. So I I hear you, and I, and and I don't want to beat this subject to death, but there's one last thing that I did want to just because you made me kind of think of it as you were saying that. So I think to some degree, you may see that happen after this election cycle. I think I think part of what happened is that there was there was more support within the Democratic voters and the Democratic community for Bernie Sanders in 2015, 2016, than I think even Sanders people expected. And the hope was, I think especially with somebody like President Trump getting elected, that it would push people even more in the, that the, that the swing back, because it's, you know, it's this pendulum swing that everybody kind of feels like, you know, right. well, well, you got Obama for eight years, and so now, yeah, we're going to go back and we're going to go, you know, with this crazy <laughs> demagogy kind of dude and that not necessarily my opinion, just some of the fun things that I've heard him described as that, that it would be that the swing was so great in Trump's favor that the swing coming back would be so much even greater that there would be this, you know, amazing groundswell of support behind Sanders. And you haven't seen that, you know, ultimately I think that he, he still, it doesn't connect with enough people within the democratic voter you know, party, um, to, to invite them over to, to, you know, and I think a lot of it, you're right, is that it's just people don't agree with the way that he goes about it. I think some of his rhetoric, um, I would love to see somebody with some of his ideas with a, you know, somebody, I guess a little younger, if I'm being perfectly honest, like somebody yeah, with, you they're know, both one term, dude, yeah. like, there's no way that it happens that either one of them go two terms period. Yeah. 
And you'll probably see that with whoever's potential VP pick. That'll probably be the next person to run. Well, that's so, you know, is it Biden said he's going to pick a woman? Promises. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a dog in the gender politics fight. <laughs> so, I mean, there's only two, really, that, I mean, you'd think, at least from the primaries, that he would lean towards. I don't see him picking Elizabeth Warren. I could yeah, see I, him I, picking I Klobuchar. I do. You think he'd pick I, Warren I, over Klobuchar? I see him picking either Elizabeth Warren, Klobuchar, or Kamala Harris. Yeah. I think those are the three, t- and I I would actually, <laughs> I would rank them in this order. I would rank I would rank them in this order: Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and then Klobuchar. You forgot somebody. And Tulsi. Michelle Obama. No. Watch. Actually, watch. Actually, no. Watch. You watch. You watch. I'm not even saying it's the right thing to do, but w- would you be that surprised? If Joe Biden comes out and announces that Michelle Obama is going to be his vice presidential candidate. I I would be. You know what? Okay, I can actually see that because he did. uh, He did endorse. Elizabeth Warren's uh, uh, bankruptcy plan. Um, I think there's probably only three and I can I could see there's a. Uh, 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 uh. Oprah Winfrey. Then. Then I'm not voting again. <laughs> what about oh or Ellen? He could pull Ellen. Oh Lord! Because then he could have the gay vote too. Oh, man. He's, well, <laughs> he's already got the black vote. Remember? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't. I'm I mean, just saying. I, I the thought never really crossed my mind until we were sitting here, and I I did say it like mostly meaning it as a joke. But the more I think about it. I could I could legitimately see that being like the like this master plan that somebody cooks up where it's like, man, you know, people love Michelle Obama, like even people who don't necessarily, you know, want to vote Democrat. I bet we could get a bunch of voters to come over to our side if we throw. And then, you know, Biden, I mean, he's practically dead, like she'll be president in no time. I, I could see the Michelle Obama like VP pick messing up Bernie Sanders people because Philip Agnew took a lot of heat for like distant Michelle Obama. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what's Sanders going to say, right? Like, Oh, he, he can't say nothing, dude. I mean, your boy, your boy was like, yo, she's ugly. I was like, dude, man, like you legit, you, then you had to come back later and apologize for that. Like, yeah. You don't want to, yeah, it's not a good look. You don't want to be doing um, that. Okay. I could. So I think there's definitely four strong, all right, I'll change my order. But I would actually put um, Michelle Obama. All right, I would say Kamala Harris. Number one. Number one. And that's because he endorsed uh, or he supports Elizabeth Warren's bankruptcy bill. Well, and she's, I mean, let's be honest, like she's an active, you know, member of like. Uh, of the Senate. Of the Senate right now. And so, you know, like, I mean. Maybe she gets Speaker of the House. Yeah. I mean that that could be his play. So, all right. So I'm seeing that. All right. I I would say Michelle Obama would be like uh, like number two, three, somewhere in that room. Ro- yeah. Because Klobuchar, I don't know if people really rock with her like that. Um, I don't know, but but I I, I think, think that the yeah. DNC or you know or Biden's camp would look at her as you know a way of I, again right like I feel like it ultimately just boils down to a, like pandering. 
to yeah. women to basically say, I'll nominate a v- vice president who's a woman because I know that it should something happen to me. I'm comfortable with a woman being president. Right. And that's but that's supposed country, to attract women to think this country is 53 percent women. Yeah. Like, why are we even having this conversation? Oh, I don't know. I mean, trust me. I'm just saying like that's that's where we still at least some people feel like we still need to be having that conversation, whether or not a woman could be president. The country's 53. I know it is. Dude, this is not an argument you and I are having. This is an argument that people who don't understand. I mean, this is the same same thing with because uh, what we were talking about earlier with um, women in sports, you know, like the, the women's national team where it's this belief that, you know, men are somehow superiorly, you know, designed uh, to to handle the things that that occur in the world, and thank God for men because otherwise, women, what would they do? You know, Margaret Thatcher, Harriet Tubman, uh, Angela, Angela Merkel, Merkel. Like, I mean, there's a lot of women. Leslie Nope, man. Yeah, Leslie Nope. I mean, I mean, shout out to Parks and Rec. I mean, she ran that department, right? Uh, my mom. I mean, crap. I mean, yeah, there's a I lot. Mean, of- my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you and I definitely are on the same page when it comes to that. But that's I mean, unfortunately, there are still a lot of people out there who who will straight up argue to your face that in some ways women are inferior to men, you know, or that they're not fit for office or, you know, what if she gets pregnant, you know, or what if it's that time of the month and she decides to push the button and nuke a country like have you seen the orange moron that's in the office right now. You don't think yeah, he gets true. angry on Twitter sometimes and is sitting right next to that f- same freaking button. Yeah, that's true. Sorry. And I, I know respect for the office. I just, yeah. I, and I know this is a, I mean, we, when we talk about politics and religion. It's um, it's not what other people want to talk about. And then we're not doing it from a talking heads point of view. I, this is just two people that actually, I, it, what what amazes me, we, we see the same thing, and I look at it from a def, definitely a different point of view than you do. Um, and it's not that I think a rational person doesn't see the problems. And I, and I think where Chris and I differ is that I'm not saying you're irrational. I, I think that you have a tendency to be more like passionate about it and like it can happen. And I just have more, I really, and I, this is just my observation. I'm like, yeah, but you can't break everything and and call it a day. There's some things you can do, but you have to. Oh, put yeah. some, some I am. Work. I'm I am very much an optimist. Uh, I, I believe that, you know, what in, in a lot of ways. So I think it, like I believe that the, the greatest outcome, you know, uh, is not necessarily most likely, but it's certainly possible. Right. And so it's right. like and I don't I'm not I'm not one of those people who is like, well, it's not very likely it's going to happen. So I'm never going to, you know, I don't get too excited, but um, I'm, I don't think you're a pessimist. I think you're much more of a realist. Like you, you are much more in the middle in terms of your expectations. And I think you prefer to kind of hang there, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, like ultimately, you know, we, we feel the same. We, we, I think we want the same things in a lot of ways. I think you approach it as, look, this is what I think will actually happen. And I'm like, yeah, like I get that, but we, we should all strive to be better, right? Like we should figure out how to fix the system. If that's the best the system can do, then we need a better system. I I totally agree. 
And then right. you're the guy that goes, all right, well, if you want to build a better system, you got to do this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, that's great. So we do those three things and we're done. And you're like, no, 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 no. And then you got to do. <laughs> but if you can get right, here's what I, what I do say. And I, maybe I am more of a real, I'm not a pessimist, but uh, I do feel like if you can get there faster, yeah, but at least like this is like the, the pandemic we're dealing with right now. And I'll stop talking about this, but if you're at least prepared, getting to the finish line is not going to be like twice as hard. If you're at least thinking about the steps that may be taken to get there, or at least be prepared for it, you're probably going to be you're, you're probably going to be successful, and you may find opportunities to get there faster. So I do believe in the things that are important to young voters. I think they're super important, but there's also examples that we can look around, you know, and scale those the right way, like healthcare for all. I think we can scale that the right way. I think we can look at what Massachusetts has done and get us to a long-term solvable. I think with public education, we can look at Florida and we can look at what they've done and get to a, a quick... I mean, there are so many damn colleges in this country, it blows my mind. Look at the state and of North Carolina. Even, and most of them aren't even needed. Like, Yeah, I, it's... Yeah, and I mean, I think... There's also a lot to be said, and this may be going off on a completely different topic, but about the the need for a college degree in a lot of cases, right? right. Like, I mean, it, it, I think my parents grew up at a time where it was like, well, if you really want to be something, you know, that isn't just some guy working in a factory, then you need to go to school and you got to right. go to college and you got to get a degree. That's the only way that you're ever going to be good enough. And I think for a long time, especially through the 80s and 90s and even the early 2000s, that was the huge push amongst hiring, right? Was like right. find these college educated kids because these are the kids that have been through school and they're, you know, they're the next cream of the crop and they'll be the next, you know, super smart executives and we'll hire them wherever we need in the organization, but they'll find their way to the top. And you see where that got everybody, right? You <laughs> overlook the actual talents or the skills or the ability to learn and do the job the way that it needs to be done and instead start focusing on pedigree and, you know, because you knew four people or your parents went to school there, you were able to get in. Like those are the kinds of things that I think, you know, you, again, like you and I see much more eye to eye on that where it's much more about like what, what value do you bring to the organization or to the team or to the community that we're building at large? Um, and, and how can you contribute, right? That's, that's where your value as a person lies, not in, what you've necessarily done in the past or what, you know, piece of paper you have that you can show me that somebody says, Oh, he's a smart kid. Like, right. Like he showed up for four years. Maybe yeah. <laughs> he, he paid, he was willing to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get this piece of paper. That should tell yeah. you everything you need to know about this young gentleman. And being 15 years, 20 years of debt. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I, so I, I want to be clear. Like I, I, I feel the issues are important and a rational person that has got their eyes open would say the same thing. If, if we're not careful in how we implement these things, that's where the danger get, that's where we get into trouble. That's where we, the affordable care act inherently not bad, but the mission of that bill or that law became so corrupted by the time 50,000 people put their hands on it. Yeah. So what could have worked and probably could have got us a few steps closer. We kind of missed the boat on that. So I, we ultimately bastardized it. right? And that's where, you know, that's where I, I just think people myself included, because I don't know everything, but I also want to make sure that 
you know, if I can't articulate my concerns or like, or even articulate the fact that I may agree with something, but I just say, nope, all automatically, then it's, it's useless. But I do think there's a, there's a place for progressives in our political system. I just don't think they're, they're in the right spot right now because it's probably diminishing their, their message, if I'm being honest. So we have, uh, yeah. That was, um, that was a very fun topic there at the end. I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed the po- political, I mean, I, I lost track of how long we were on that one. I think that was a pretty long segment there, but I enjoyed it. I was waiting for you to call me like a fascist or an old man or something. No, like, come on. I mean, I am probably going to do like, like, I don't know. I'll do some little segment intro that's like old man shakes fists at clouds sort of thing. You know, it'll be just uh, Andre yelling about kids these days and how they don't understand. No, but I think, you know, like that's again, I love the fact that you and I can sit here and have this conversation, you know, and I'm not like, I'm not going to walk away from this and go and Andre. Like, you know, like, I, and I hope you don't walk away going, man, that Chris guy, what a freaking idiot. That guy has no idea what's going on. Like ultimately I think that, it's always so revealing when you actually sit down and talk with people and, and learn that in a lot of ways we all want the same thing. It is just a matter of, of how we think it's best to go about it. And I think that's where, you know, I just, I wish that we could have these conversations more out in the open that we saw this type of dialogue without all of the vitriol, whether it's within an individual party or cross party or, you know, and, and those sorts of things where, let's let's not focus on you know what somebody's done in the past or or what their true motivations may be let's let's focus on how we actually solve these problems and making sure that we don't we don't come up with the idea and then assume that somebody else is going to carry it across the finish line right like we all as a community have to be there together to make sure this stuff gets done because we're all ultimately responsible it's not somebody that's been elected to office that we sit there and then go, well, you did a terrible job. Well, you're, we're the, we're the ones that put them there. Right. So ultimately like elect better people, right. Run for office yourself, fix these things any way that you can. Um, and, and yeah, you know, in my way, let's do it. And, and to Andre's point, let's do it as fast as we freaking can. <laughs> Cause we may not have a whole lot of time left at this point with the way things are going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw this, uh, this, some snippet about a, um, I guess he was a dictator in Africa and he was being asked about um, why he was upset about how the world or how NATO was viewing him and um, his dictatorship. <laughs> he goes, Hey, look, America's got a one party system, but it's called capitalism. But in true <laughs> American fashion, they have two parties. <laughs> so it's, uh, and I was like, they have two of them. He said they have two of them. I thought that was a pretty good observation. Not saying I, I'm, I'm not supporting dictators. Right. I'm saying that all in all, yeah, we are, we are a capitalist society. But I think we're smart enough to to get to solutions and just figure out the details along the way. Have a plan for them, but actually implement and, and figure them out where they need to be tweaked along the way. It's the um, 80-20 rule, right? Yeah. So I, I anyway... I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Um, I, I wanted to talk about something, you know, just to give you a preview, because this is something that's been bugging me for a couple of weeks now. This whole notion of legalizing marijuana. So we're going to save that for our next episode because this will be a really fun topic. I'm looking forward to this because I'm not even on the fence. 
I'm like build, I'm literally building a wall on that argument. And I would love to just watch your head because the drug cartels are going to be using the catapults to launch it over the wall. (laughs) You're going to get hit with a 50 pound brick of marijuana. It's just going to be. I really want to get Chris's um, point of view on that because like I'm trying to see the other side of the argument. I'm just failing. So that's great. No, I like I like that. That's a little nice little teaser for sure. We hope you guys have a safe week, uh, safe two weeks. Yeah, wash your hands. Stop blowing your nose and touching your face. I'm not talking to Andre. I'm talking to everybody else. But you too, stop blowing your nose and touching your face. I watched you this whole podcast. It's gross. I'm just kidding. I'm (laughs) just teasing. I got a box of tissues back here. Trust me. So it was a real quick story. But, uh, you know, I was traveling the other week, um, driving cross country. And on my trip, I picked up some bug uh i'm going to assume it wasn't the coronavirus no i haven't gone and gotten tested no my lungs haven't fallen off so i'm pretty sure i'm okay um but i was i had you know was sick and um i went to the doctors for a physical on friday and he was telling me how they had all of their patients that they think may be you know sick they have them basically waiting in their cars because they don't want them sitting in the waiting room and then they have a completely separate entrance downstairs where like these doctors go in in freaking hazmat suits to wow. test these patients because they obviously don't want to contract it. Um, and he's, and he's like, so how have you been? And I was like, well, pretty good. You know, I was sick last week. And he's like, um, what were the symptoms? And I was like, Oh, you know, I had a little bit of a fever and, um, you know, like a sore throat and, you know, kind of hurt when I would sneeze. And he was like, uh, how are you feeling now? And I was like, I feel fine. He was like, okay. He was like, you know, just figured like all these crazy stuff going on. He's like, you know, I got these kids that I got to have a hazmat suit. And he was like, you walk in the door and for all we know, you're a carrier. But, you know, (laughs) nobody really knows what's going on right now. I was like, yeah, it's crazy times. Can I get out of here now? And he was like, no, bend over and cough. (laughs) Well, again, (laughs) I'm glad you're better. And I'm glad you guys joined us and that everybody got to hear, you know, Chris bending over and coughing. Uh, like that? Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll be back next week for episode 12. And I, you know. You're jumping ahead. We're on, this is only episode 10. You you announced it as episode 11 at the beginning, but this is definitely really? only episode 10. Good night. Very I think. Well. I don't know. Yeah, because I was, yeah, episode 9 was last week. All right. Well, thanks for seeing time one so thank you for joining us for episode 10 we'll be back next week for episode 11 we'll talk to you soon why can't dinosaurs clap their hands because they're dead.